is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Kalliberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Happy day. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with my co-host, Jack Kalberg. Today, we are talking about how pastors have a tendency to be passively imbalanced. One of my good friends, Gary Kinneman, Jack, said uh, this, that many pastors have one of two vocational choices. They can either be a pastor or a librarian. Now, oh. don't get offended and turn us off because books are beautiful. I love me a good book. I'm reading lots of books. The leaders Bible. Are learner. Leaders are constant and learners, leaders right? are constantly <clears throat> learning. Um, but a librarian is also, unless she's a cranky librarian. I've met some cranky kind of terse libra- librarians. But they're sitting in the background. Uh, they're engaged in learning. They're checking people in and out. Not a lot of conflict. Life is pretty, pretty chill yeah. for that librarian and for many of our pastors. Many of us struggle with conflict and the dynamic behavior traits that are needed to one cast vision and two uh, lead into mm-hmm. a unpredictable future in a post-Christian context. We can feel overwhelmed very, very easily. So let's grow in our dynamic skills. So you can lead the conversation today, Jack. So Tim, you just, uh, you recently wrote this uh, great article, The Passively Imbalanced Pastor. And uh, these are these are based on some observations that you've done. This is about a lot of the research that you've done with your, uh, your PhD program. Very fascinating stuff. Where did you start to observe this as a pattern how, how often of a pattern do you see this going on in, in ministry? So I have witnessed it um, in real time in circuit meetings. Yeah. Um, and I'll just give you one example. So a circuit meeting is uh, a group of pastors getting together. Um, we pray for love, encourage one another. There's some kind of devotion, time in the word, sharing the sacrament. But then every so often about every couple, three years, we have to vote on the next circuit visitor. Yeah, And and I have just noticed in that conversation that a lot of times, and I think this is subconscious. They go after the hardcore challenger, right? No, the hard, no. no? We, <laughs> we gravitate naturally in our system because our churches are autonomous. Uh-huh. Um, we gravitate toward raising up sometimes the most passive uh, pastor within that group. And again, this is the sh- this is where my brain goes. And I think, again, it's subconscious. It's not like we're intentionally right. uh, thinking this, but I think he's not going to give me a hard time. Yeah. I, I, I this think is he's the gonna... least amount of challenge that I'll have to deal with. Right, right. Because we go at a slower pace here in, in ministry and, and mm-hmm. they're not going to. This is one thing in my research, Jack, where there has been no documented case within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod of any leader, uh, district president, synodical leader, even down to a circuit visitor, bringing a charge against a pastor for lack of missional zeal or entrepreneurialism. <laughs> we, we love to attack one another on, on doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's around the Lord's Supper. It's maybe a, a baptism, more open something. baptism, yeah. maybe. 
um, Lord's Supper is actually yeah. one of the biggest ones, mm -hmm. or maybe our, our liturgical forms. Yep. There have been many, um, many charges brought to pastors. But when Jesus gives his last invitation, not invitation, his great commission, go with this mission to multiply disciples, teaching them everything I've commanded you. I'm, I'm with you always. We got to go. Um, yeah, I've never so, heard of. So I'm not saying we should, we should have charges let there. Let me get this straight. That means that a, a pastor can be doctrinally sound, right? Mm -hmm. But also be leading in such a way that the local church is absolutely dying despite the right. fact that there's a, a plentiful harvest around him. Right. I'm, and, I'm faithful. And no accountability is brought. Nope. And and sometimes we even wear our decline as a badge of honor because we are that faithful. And we may even um, rationalize the fact that, well, these people are leaving my church or no one's coming to my church because they just don't get the full depth of the gospel and what it means to be a true, robust, orthodox, mm -hmm. confessional Lutheran. They just they just don't get it. Right. You know, and I think that's that's selling out. And that's a lie from Satan, it's, it, especially when we've got so many people dying and going to hell but right now. And let's in be the midst clear. Of secular culture. Let's be clear here, Tim. Like, we're not saying don't be Orthodox Lutheran. Don't be confessional uh, Lutheran, right? Not even close. What we're saying is don't turn that into an idol, right? That's right. Um, That's right. The mission of God is primary in your role, and that your confession is a tool to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so there should be accountability towards your commitment to the mission, which is to go and make disciples, Right. Go find the non the people of peace who are non-believers and bring them into the church. That's right. Luke chapter 10. Right. Um, so I did I did work on the Harrison behavioral assessment. Um, yeah. and you can you can look that up if you wanted to to Google it. The the Harrison actually look up Harrison suitability assessment. It's a behavioral assessment that is kind of a next level assessment from a strength finders. It's mm -hmm. not Myers Briggs. Right. It's uh, not the disc. These are personality assessments. Mm -hmm. It's a behavioral assessment. What I love about yeah. Harrison is you can pray so for what you do. and in invite accountability, yep. and your behaviors can change. What you do, how you do your ministry life can absolutely evolve. So you do not have to maintain a passive posture in the midst of ministry. So it has two different theories that it works on, Jack. One yeah. is the performance enjoyment theory with the hypothesis, and this is not rocket science, uh, people will agree with this. If your job requires you to do certain things and you enjoy doing those certain things, then you're gonna get positive feedback. It's gonna go into a great direction. But if your job requires you to do things that you do not enjoy, um, you'll get negative feedback and it will move in a, a negative mm -hmm. direction. And so you have really one or two choices. You say, I, I obviously can't be a pastor because no one, let's just pause here. Yeah. No one can fulfill everything that a pastor is supposed to do underneath their office. Absolutely You're supposed not. to be <laughs> the best communicator possible, the chief vision caster, 
the the best fundraiser you can possibly imagine. Oh, and make sure you get into the details. Oh, and make sure you are available 24-7 for Grandma Schmidtke when she's on her deathbed going to meet Jesus. You got to always be on call. Always make sure that every single oh. week you're bringing something fresh uh, into the ministry. Oh, and then make sure you've got at least 12 people that you're investing in every single week. No one can perfectly yeah. fulfill this job description, yeah. Jack. Make so sure the giving it, statements are accurate, right? Make sure those make sure giving statements are accurate are clean <laughs> yeah exactly the, the list is and make sure you have the best people skills you can possibly imagine you better be a, a rock star counselor by the mm-hmm. way because people are going to bring like they brought to moses all of their problems to you no one can fulfill that job description so Nobody. you must build team And you must give not just delegation, but authority to people who have complementary gifts to yours. So if you look at the uh, Harrison suitability assessment, this behavioral assessment, and say, I am passively imbalanced, who do you need to have on your team? More dynamic gifts, right? Absolutely. Frank, right? Maybe business minded, uh, very black, challenger minded people on your team. But human beings, by nature, love to be with people that are like them, who have a similar story to them. And uh, this is actually deep theology. I think that's a product. I think that's a product of the fall. Yeah. Um, The fear uh, of a diverse being around diverse personalities. Yeah. Right. Uh, Intimate, especially if you're in the passive area, easily, maybe easily intimidated by that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there becomes kind of a faith and courage factor there. That's exactly how, right. How, how much faith and courage do you have to build up people on your team that are really different than you and That's also right. accept that it's going to work out okay? That's right. Yeah. That's so good. So the performance enjoyment theory, that's yep. one part of the Harrison suitability assessment. Now, the real second quick, one is, quick, Tim, real yeah. quick on that. That right. sounds very similar to Lencioni's tool, the, the working genius, right? Well, Jack, I'm glad you brought that oh, up. Yes, okay. the six, six types of working genius. little plug out to Pat Lencioni. If you've not read any of Pat's works, you need to check it out. So go to working genius. I think it's .com, .org. Yeah. Just Google it, and you will find his acronym. And we'll give it to you really, really quick right now. And it really summarizes from high level. Think of gears on a machine. They're all interconnected. And this is a a wonderful tool for building a diverse team. At the top, it's what, Jack? W, right? Wonder. Wonder. Yeah, so the acronym's widget, right? Widget. Widget. W, I is? Invention. Invention. Uh, D, D, discernment. G. Discernment. So, You've got a lot of different ideas. Someone says, this is an awesome idea. Someone discerns, I really think we've got to lean into this awesome idea. And then G is galvanizing. Mm-hmm. People that, and this is, I'm a D, I'm a discerner and a galvanizer. I get super passionate. Yep. I love talking about uh, how we build team. You hear that on lead time all the time. Yep. But then you need enablement. Yep. Enablement at the end is are the people who are getting down to more than nitty gritty who can say, you do this, you do this, you do this in I'm your respective teams. I'm here to help. I want to be yeah. a part of your team. And then the tenacious people. Love, These are your to, love to check things off the box. Love check it. things off. My wife's like that. People. Yeah. Yep. So widget uh, is a wonderful acronym that could take the performance enjoyment theory and make it very, very applicable for you and your team. So That's the first part of the Harrison suitability assessment. The second is the paradox theory. 
The paradox theory says that every person, um, depending on the situation, needs to know how to behave passively and dynamically. One of the graphs is uh, the, the forthright diplomacy graph. Frank on the vertical axis, a dynamic trait, and then diplomatic on the horizontal axis. And so our goal is to be forthright and diplomatic at the very same time. Yeah. So if someone is coming at you, Jack, that's overly frank, you can respond in a diplomatic way. If someone's mm -hmm. coming at you who is overly um, diplomatic, you can be more, more to the frank. point. Yeah. More frank. More pointed. So uh, the, the interesting, now this is where I think the gold is within the paradox graph. It looks at two different behaviors. Mm -hmm. One is your comfort with conflict. I can't tell you how many pastors I've talked to you just say, I'm, uh, man, and this is pass passivity at its greatest, right? Yeah. I don't really like to rock the boat. And I will do almost anything to make sure everybody is okay. There's, there's peace here. So comfort with conflict and then manages stress well. Yeah. Uh, Harrison goes from two to 10, six is in the middle. Two is a behavior you do not like to do. And 10, this is a life theme. You love doing these respective things. Jack, I've, you've heard me say this <laughs> numerous times. The average pastor in America, this is pan-Christian church, yeah. not just the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The average manages stress well score is what? Do you remember? It's in the mid twos, right? Well, it's a little bit better than oh, that. Oh, it is? Three, okay. 3.2. 3.2. 3.2. I knew not there was a good. two in there. <laughs> you knew there was a two That's in there. That's not good. Three, yeah. 3.2. No, that is not good. So, gosh, that would mean, if, if, you were, if that's true, that you would expect a lot of ministry burnout, right? Especially yeah. if they're passive in the way that they deal with conflict. Yeah. They're not even maybe even saying the amount of stress that they're having. They're not getting right. help because they're just letting it build up, right? And I have been able to walk through this with well over 100 pastors walking through their Harrison paradox graphs. And what we see when people are passively imbalanced and their manages stress well score is low, that they have a flip indicator, mm -hmm. a flip indicator. And on the graph, it's a little like hurricane symbol. Yeah. And it gets very large if your uh, comfort with conflict and manages stress well score is super low. So the last two years, lots of decision fatigue, mm -hmm. and you are just overwhelmed. There can be certain triggers that come to you as a leader if you are passively imbalanced, which would lead you to behave in an uncharacteristic way. Mm -hmm. This is passive aggressive behavior. We just we just hit. And now one of my biggest struggles as I've looked at the culture of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is I think we have normalized and actually um, made orthodox a passive aggressive culture hmm. where we just kind of live and let live um, and we really don't press into uncomfortable conversations. Hello, rapid decline in our universities and seminaries. We really don't talk about that a whole lot. And if we do, we're not really going to press toward much innovation. And then when someone comes, hello, Unite yeah. Leadership Collective and other groups like ours that are offering other alternatives to um, solve some of our very mm -hmm. real in-your-face problems, we will, we will hit 
we will strike at a district or a synod convention. We're not going to go confront. This is one of the interesting things. You you yeah. know, if you're a, a lead time listener or you've been hanging out with us with uh, Unite Leadership Collective for any number of times, we have been having conversation based on scripture and the confessions around the need for lay leadership development to vocational development in the local church. Yeah. Now, Jack, to date, yes. we've been talking about this for a long time now. To date, do you know how many people from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, who have not had a relationship with me, who have confronted me on some of the things and the innovative ways that we're trying to raise up local leaders? Do you know how many people have done it to this point? Contact you directly? Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing almost very minimal. You'd have to, I, I don't know the exact One. number. One. One. Wow. Well, a, and that's interesting because in we Midwest. know that the number is way more than one, right? I think I think there are more than <laughs> one individual who are who are like, I don't yeah. know if these guys but should be doing this. they won't say anything because they're very passive. <laughs> passive. <laughs> so, but they may walk out on something yeah. or yeah. you know, kind of show their displeasure in a very passive, aggressive way, right? So, arms are, closed, like you're doing right now. Exactly. We are. <laughs> we are eager for you. If you, you've had this shared and you've listened and read any of our blogs around leadership development, we are eager for you to give us a biblical and confessional Lutheran-minded rationale for why raising up local leaders uh, is, is heterodox, is inappropriate right mm -hmm. now. We would love to hear that. And please, could we, with the best, and this is a word that my grandpa used to use, Jack. We need more churchmen, son. Yeah. And I was like, what does a churchman mean? It means people who can handle themselves in the midst of conflict, who will disagree agreeably, who will not just go along blindly with everything a pastor says, who right. will challenge with love and respect. We need a balanced, forthright, and diplomatic culture within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and get away from this hyper-passivity. We need to speak the truth in the spirit of love. That's and right. if, if, uh, if you and I are wrong, and, and what we're presenting is truth, let us know. Adjust. Tell us. Adjust. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So Jesus is good. And if you are a leader and you're like, man, I just need some help and accountability. I, I you can learn new skills to one, manage stress. I'm just going to give you one stress management <laughs> must do. Move your body. Move your body. Get your morning routines down. Yeah. Get your water because it will change your brain. And instead of using your amygdala when you get triggered, your lower reptilian brain, which is all fight, flight, or freeze, you can start to respond more proactively, uh, more kindly, uh, more respectfully, and conversely to the person that you're actually interacting with to provide a balanced body of Christ who yeah. challenge and also do not lose love. This is what the world needs. And, yeah. and one last word from Jesus. We'll let Jesus have, Jesus, you <laughs> always get the final word. They will know you are my disciples because of the way that you love one another. And yeah. Jesus challenged like nobody's business. Um, get behind me, Satan. So yeah. we must develop those relationships of trust and challenge uh, with robust love, just like just like Jesus. Any oh, final word, Jack? Yeah, so a word for uh, 
the passive leader right now, the and, and the passivity is a reflection of your fear. It may be a reflection of your love that you don't want to come off as a mean, right? But if, if you're feeling passive out of fear, what are you not believing about God right now that's making you afraid? That's right. What are you not believing about God that gives you to, a reason to be afraid of anything? So give me an example. What are some lies um, or things that we may be not well, look, believing? Look, I mean, this, this is a legitimate question, right? Recently, we had a, a conflict with another pastor who was very, we don't have to go into the details, but he was very upset about some things we were teaching and was furious. And I remember feeling anxious about that. And, but right, our, our faith gives us courage and we can get into a thought that, um, that it's almost like an idolatry. Like I, I can't rock the boat. It's all on me. It's not all on you right? You've been invited to wade into the messy things of life. So what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of right now? It's cause, what are you not believing about God, God's power, God's will in this world that gives you a reason to be afraid? Yes. Yes. Uh, one, one note, that was not a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor. <laughs> no, it was not. We, it was not. We were was, having conversation right. with. But um, it, it, it was like very anxiety inducing for me. Yeah. But I yeah. think the revelation is like, well, what do I have to be afraid of? <laughs> right? Exactly. What, so, you know, this weak, is God's church, yeah. <laughs> right? Weakness, vulnerability, um, honest confession about your fear is strength, Jack. Yeah. That's the thing we misunderstand. This is Holy Spirit jujitsu. We are going mm-hmm. to leverage what the evil one is bringing against us. This deep, because this is a spiritual battle. What are people going to think about me? What happens if I fail? I don't know if I'm exactly right about this. What happens if I confess I'm not the best at building team and casting vision or doing all these things that I'm supposed to do as a pastor? That is a powerful statement when you say, I just need help with these things. And and maybe I just need to give more things away that are on my job description. That is a, a strong sign of strength rather than the evil one coming to you and saying, that's weak. So confess the areas yeah. of, of disbelief that you have that are stifling right. the mission of Jesus, that are stealing your joy, and then move toward um, the balanced position of forthright diplomacy, balancing both aggressive and passive behavioral uh, gifts. Jack, it's but an rooted honor in to courage share that this. you only get yeah. from faith, right? Amen. <clears throat> only Amen. comes from Jesus. Right. And uh, the love that he gives you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And he who knew no sin became sin for you, that in him you might be the righteousness of God. Everything you need has been given to you because you have the Holy Spirit, you have the word, you have the body of Christ to dream big dreams, to go on mission, to make Jesus known uh, for the days are very, very short. So resist passivity, lean into those aggressive, dynamic, behavioral traits, pastor. The mission necessitates it. Jesus loves you. We love you too. If we can care for you in any way, go to uniteleadership.org and can't wait to join you next week, Jack, on Lead Time. The peace of the Lord go with you. God bless, friends. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. 
To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.